Welcome. We're playing Call of Cthulhu. This podcast and stream uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Chaosium Inc. Slash Moon Designs Publication LLC, which are used under Chaosium Inc.'s fan material policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This stream and podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Chaosium Inc. For more information about Chaosium Inc. products, please visit www.chaosium.com. Dot com. All right. So, welcome to the next arc of this show. Who wants to do the recap? I think we should roll the Joe dice. Let's roll the Joe dice. Nose goes. No, let's do a nose goes this time. That's a one, which is a Joe recap. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then, fuck. What do we do? We, uh, all right. So we kind of, um, Oh my god, like I gotta go back two different recordings <laughs> to do this recap. <laughs> we left the cave where we killed Mother. We went back to the Jarvie farm. We like shot the shit with him for a little bit and then we were like, why are we still here in this town? Let's go back home. Because uh, we came to do, we did what we came to, we did what we came to do and then plus, plus other stuff. Uh, so we started heading back and um, we were being chased. We, we hopped in the car. And we realized we were being chased by uh, Sheriff and his friends, and they were coming in fast and uh, shotgun in hand. So we had this sick ass chase scene through the mountainous terrain. Uh, we blew them, blew them all to smithereens. They died. Uh, well, we don't know if Sheriff died, but he got smashed, um, smashed his head on the pavement, and then we escaped. We get back to town. And we go to our funeral home and realize the place is a mess, disarray, there's blood on the floor, and there's a note from, um, I forget his name. Jackson now. Elias. Jackson Elias that says uh, something along the lines of, um, shit went down, I'm headed to Louisville, Kentucky, call me, something like that. Jamal, you're going to have to fill the in the gap there on exactly what that said. But basically, we called him. That That's the essence of it. Yeah, we, we <laughs> called him up. Uh, he was very short on the phone and said, just just come here. And that's where we ended. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if we're forgetting anything else. Kirk, Kirk had a little encounter with a, a black deer oh. making mm, sounds mm-hmm, like it was mm. his brother. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot um, those two episodes ago. Um, freaked him out as well it's actually one episode ago because that was the beginning of the episode before we took like an eight week break <laughs> we also forgot the literal most important part tell me more joe, oh yes joe please. threw out one of the lighter's gone oh yeah Cut, oh yes yeah. no, one one yaps, joe, joe blew items. up uh, yaps priceless heirloom in an explosion left that out <laughs> <laughs> yes so yes. yeah sorry yaps so that's basically where we're at. So before we get to well, okay. So Joe, I told the I told the the fellas about this before. Um, you might have to improv a little bit more uh, because you were doing whatever it is you do when you put us on mute for an hour before we start uh, the stream. <laughs> um, but um, we're going to do the player development phase. Ooh, fun! And what the player development phase is is basically we will you. It's kind of it's how you level up. Uh, and it's also how you recover sanity. Mm, okay. And just to kind of tell the chat how it works, and you guys can work this in narratively however you want, depending on what you're doing. Uh, but what you will do 
uh, in the interim between uh, this moment and when you uh, go do whatever you do next, um, if you spend time with a piece of your backstory, uh, which brings you comfort or self-care, um, which can be something we've previously talked about, something on your character sheet, or you can create part of your character's backstory, um, you will regain some amount of the sanity points you lost on the last um, thingamajig. Mm-hmm. So think about how you guys want to do that as we as we develop this scene. But first, uh, outside the narrative, a purely game standpoint, uh, we will roll for uh, improving skills. Nice. Okay. Now, we mentioned this a while ago. I don't know if anyone has been doing it. I haven't been checking to find out. But um, if you look at your character sheet, there are checkboxes next to your skills. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in theory, if you passed a check of that skill during an arc, you should check the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't been doing that, you got to do it from memory. But what you're going to do, and everybody can uh, you know take turns, go through the ones you passed, and tell us how, how it goes. You're going to roll a D100 for each skill that you have a checkbox next to. And if you roll above your skill value, you will increase um, the score by 1d4. Okay, pause for just a second. Because our own sports watch from Discord and the chat has recorded every single one of our rolls and what we passed and failed and what the roll was, should we take a minute to actually, like, look at that? You can. Or are we just... You can. Yeah. All you had to do is pass it once, right? All you had to do is pass once. So some skills, yeah. like, obviously, Yaps passed firearms. Um, oh, I see. No right. doubt about that. But if you guys want to check and see if there's something a little smaller that you pass, like a listen check or something like that. Um, and, and, and how many of these can we upgrade? Every one you passed. Every, every one Every you skill passed. you passed, you have a chance at upgrading. Wow. And you have to roll higher than your skill, so obviously it makes it harder to upgrade your skills that you're already good at, but it also makes you theoretically grow fast uh, if you pass a, a, a test that you're normally not very good at. And But that, that doesn't include characteristics. It's just skills, right? It's, it is just skills. You don't, you're not going to – your characteristic uh, – barring some weird event where you as a person change fundamentally – uh, your characteristics will be what they are forever. No, oh, I'm sorry. If you pass, if you roll successfully, you add one d10 to the skill. Oh, oh wow. Okay. okay. I was gonna say it's four is a pretty small. Okay, mine's uh, mine's ready to go. So I'm gonna start rolling mine. If you're cool with that. Yep. Yeah, go for it. Uh, that's my d100. Okay. Tins, I do have a question. So like firearms, I have zero in, but the base is like 25. You, so you have 25. So right? I just have to beat the 25? Okay. Yeah. Okay, first one for me is drive auto. I got to beat a 75. 19. No. Fast talk. 90. Got to beat a 90. <laughs> that's a 90. What's a tie do? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. What does the book say? It does say higher. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, <laughs> it does okay. say higher. Fighting brawl. Got to beat a 75. I didn't roll as much that's as I thought I did. That's a 60... Um, jumping back up. Firearms got to be 75. Uh, that is an 81. Nice. So I roll a D10 and add 
whatever that value is. Yep. To what skill was that? Uh, firearms. And I rolled a four. So that'll go up to 79. Nice. And by the way, if you ever pass 90, if you had a skill that started below 90% and you pass 90%, um, you will regain sanity uh, to represent your mastery of a, of a skill that is important to you. And um, you can actually go above 100. Mm. So, and 90 and a tie does not win. A tie does not win. Devastating. Intimidate, 55. <laughs> That's rough. Uh, 41. That's rough. Okay. Dear God, I have not passed one yet. We don't get any bonus if we hard pass a, a thing. But it's cutting oh, course. No. You say you passed? haven't passed the single skill I did check. not pass fighting brawl or... I didn't even pass the firearms. Um, that Firearms... You, you had to... Firearms is the only one I passed. And then I clear the check marks, right? Yes. I thought you... Uh, you mean you didn't pass any of your rolls just now? Or you have yeah. not passed the skill check in the entire game? No, I did not pass my rolls right like just now. And my firearms oh, is only a 25. Okay. <laughs> Roll a 14. Damn. So Cuddy learns nothing from Cuddy that experience. Cuddy learns... Literally, no. <laughs> All right, oh my I'm going to roll mine. I didn't even pass listen, dear God. Wow. All right, I'll roll. Okay, I so we have to pass the highest number, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, I got to roll biology, be to 61. That is a four. Um, medicine, got to beat an 80. That is a 46. That's not a pass. I'm high-key super bitter. I didn't. A 90 doesn't win, because that would have been 90. sick. Clairvoyance, I got to beat a 60. That's 43. That's not a pass. Spot hidden, I got to beat an 85. Nope. Uh, medicine, I already rolled. Stealth, I got to beat a 20. Come on, baby. 56. So I got to roll hey. D10 on that? Yep. Uh, seven. Stealth goes, I got to calculate these numbers. 27, and then I'll figure out the rest. Oh, it does it automatically. Sweet. Uh, and then brawl, I gotta beat a. What's my brawl? Was it fighting brawl? Yeah, 50, 56. <clears throat> uh, 45. I didn't pass that. I only passed stealth. I only passed. Uh, I, I, some stuff. I feel much better about this now. I, I passed first aid and persuade. Nice. 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 Um, and by the way, a 95 always passes. So if you get a skill up in the 90s. Like, if you have, like, a 96 and something, anything above a 95 will always pass. That's how you get above 100. Um, like we all just got really unlucky. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I it, par- under part of 50. the problem is because in Pulp Cthulhu, you have so many more skill points. You guys are pretty good at stuff. Like, in a normal hmm. Cthulhu game um, where you'd all have, like, between 10 and 15 HP and, like, 40 and 50 for your best skills, it's way easier to level up. Hmm. But you guys are already good at stuff. Makes sense. Um, so, Joe, you have this interesting little clairvoyance thing. I in do have your, MP. Yeah. Uh, in your background. Um, mm-hmm. Based on the eldritch horrors you witnessed um, in that first arc, uh, the things that you saw towards the end, like when you touched Mother uh, to learn you are going to gain 6% mm. in the Cthulhu Mythos skill. Ooh, okay. Which may or may Cthulhu not come in mythos. handy anytime I soon. I have a zero, so I get six. Everyone okay. should have zero. It is a special thing to have 
uh, Cthulhu Mythos skill at all. Um, and just so you know, so roll a six or lower. Okay. Well, no, you, you, I'm giving you that. You will eventually, yeah. you may eventually get that increased, uh, by using mm-hmm. it or by, uh, losing it. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. If, if you had to test Cthulhu Mythos, yes, you'd have to roll a six or lower. Yes. Tough, tough check. Um, <laughs> knowledge in the Cthulhu Mythos is not always an unalloyed good. Mm. When you have Cthulhu Mythos skill, your sanity can never rise above 100 minus your Cthulhu Mythos skill. Okay. So this shouldn't be a problem. Uh, shouldn't be a problem right now, mm. but um, your sanity can never go higher than 93. Okay. Nice. And if, if it keeps going up, that number is going to keep going down. All right. Do I, how do I recover MP since I'm the only one I think that has that? We'll have to cross that bridge when we come to a point where you can use MP, which is Got it. not right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used I, M- uh, well, MP is used for my clairvoyance skill, which is why I asked. Oh, did you use MP? Have you been using MP? I used clairvoyance twice, and I think it it costs two points each time I use it, I believe. Damn, that's something your keeper should probably know about if he was smart and knew how to play this game. <laughs> um, that's a good question. Let's say you gained it back. <laughs> it's just two, Sick. right? Yeah. Uh, it's four, four, but yeah. Uh, regaining MP. I'll figure that out. You're not going to use, you're not going to exhaust your MP anytime soon. So yeah, I'll, right, right, right. I'll figure okay. that out and we'll, we'll say what it is. Okay. So uh, also um, it's been roughly since you uh, left mother's lair, drove all the way back um, and whatever you do next, um, at least two days have passed. Uh, and you regain, actually, I'm going to say because of everything you did, uh, in Blackwater Creek, that's three days total. And the way this works is you actually passively regain, um, two HP per day. Yay. Uh, so in that three day period, everyone has regained six HP and each day that passes in game, you'll re- regain an additional two. Uh, if you happen to, I don't know, Slicer, mm-hmm. if you do, but um, if you have the quick healer talent by chance, Mm-mm. I don't know, because you're a doctor. No, I don't. Okay. If you were to ever gain the quick healer talent, um, you can gain, regain three points per day. Mm. Nice. Um, so everybody's feeling a little bit better. Probably nobody's back up to maximum HP, but everybody's feeling a little bit better. So, all of that housekeeping out of the way, here we are in your funeral home. You've just spoken to your haggard, harried friend, Jackson Elias, um, who seems to be in trouble. He asked you haltingly and somewhat urgently to uh, come to Louisville because he has something he needs to talk to you about. And there you stand. Uh, all right. Role play. Um, <laughs> in the, in the effort, um, of getting some sanity back, I will do like a little, uh, I guess RP about my backstory. That's how that works. Correct. Sure. You guys can fold it. Whatever you end up deciding to do, you can fold that portion in now or w- along with whatever you guys decide to do next. But, uh, yeah, if you want to do it now, you can do it now. All right. Uh, yaps, uh, 
just kind of turns after. So we're starting like right after that phone call. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just he just turns. We're gone, and he walks out, and um, Yap starts kind of doing in his mind a cursory check on the car uh, on the hearse, uh, but isn't paying too much attention to what he's doing. Um, but what he is doing is he's thinking back uh, where he was uh, growing up. He never had a great relationship with his father. Um, they always butted heads. Just yaps his personality. Never really jived with his uh, little bit more straight-laced dad. So they always had kind of a tumultuous relationship. Um, but you know, as, as yaps is kind of circling the car, kind of lifting the hood, it's almost like a... Um, a flashback moment, right? And it's uh, Yaps kind of in his uh, mid-late 20s uh, and he's walking up the drive um, to his to his dad who has the hood up on their car and, and is working on it. And um, he tosses uh, a letter on onto, uh, onto the engine where his dad's looking and he goes, uh, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. And he goes inside, and the dad picks up the letter, and it's his uh, draft letter for World War One. And uh, as Yaps goes inside, of course, you know the dad comes in dinner that night. You know the dad doesn't say anything to Yaps. You know they're still kind of butting heads. You know any little any little exchange they have is kind of met with um, just like snide remarks, um, as their relationship was. Um, and the next morning, you know, is Olive Green. Uh, duffel bag is, is filled and he's he's getting ready to um, go to the bus station and his dad walks up to him, uh, shakes his hand and then hands him the, the lighter. <laughs> and that's that's how he gets the he gets the lighter and he holds on to it uh, and then him and his dad have a big hug and he like grips the lighter tight puts it in his pocket. Uh, no words are exchanged. He goes over, hugs gives his mom a kiss on the cheek and, and uh the bus pulls up in time for, for that moment to resolve itself and he gets on the bus and, you know, uh, kind of as the as the, the bus is pulling away and his thought is when he slams down the hood of the hearse and kind of keeps the cursory check going and, uh, you know, make sure that it's uh, topped up on fuel to go. Okay. But that's a, a little quick memory on how he got the... Uh, the lighter and in much less ceremonious <laughs> loss of the lighter. Of course, we all know. <laughs> yeah. Slicer all right. just locks himself in his laboratory uh, and finishes the campaign. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so roll a one d ten. Okay, a five. Okay, you regain five sanity. Beautiful. Um, and oh, and by the way. You guys did start with a base sanity level, which is, I think, your willpower or something like that. Um, you do, you actually don't have a max sanity, except Joe does now. Right. So, um, or well, you do, it's a hundred. Um, but so, uh, you actually, I said, tell me your, your, uh, how much sanity you have versus your maximum. You actually don't have a maximum sanity, or at least you're nowhere near your maximum sanity. It's possible to regain more than you lost, um, and go up. Gotcha. Nice. Which would then, okay. 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 That makes sense. Um, all right. Yep. That's my little bit. And we'll say the, uh, the, the hearse is, uh, despite the, the rugged or the rugged looks, uh, yap snaps back into it. And, uh, the, the, the car is good for the ride to, I believe we're going to Louisville, right? 
If that's where you're going, yeah. That's where mm-hmm. that's where Jackson is. The the car is ready to go and topped up on gas to to start the trip to Louisville. And that is where Yaps is going. All right. All right. Um I guess Slicer <clears throat> just kind of grunts at Yaps leaving and uh looks to cut his I'll just be a minute. <clears throat> and uh he heads back into his lab and removes his sort of overcoat uh and takes out his knives from uh, the uh, side of his pockets, so specifically the uh, surgical knife that he's used for like a couple precision cuts basically on this journey so far. It's got blood splatter on it and he walks over to the sink and he kind of rinses his hands and starts washing the knife and cleaning it and he thinks back to all the moments in his lifetime um, cleaning this knife. It was the first medical knife he ever used to make his first cut in medical school um, way, way, way back when and he's always kind of kept it as a keepsake and used it um, but it has seen many a body and many uh, a sort of otherworldly thing as he is um, uh, a doctor of the uh, arcane, so to speak and has seen some some weird things. He was sort of the, uh, the doctor that uh, cops dropped bodies off where they didn't want uh, didn't want the information about the death of the person to get out to the public, um, whether it be f- the creepy nature or kind of like b- backdoor um, crappy stuff going on. So uh, he just thinks back to you know the multiple ways he's used that knife and um, rinses off and uh, switches out for a cleaner overcoat that he takes out of a locker. And kind of dusts himself off and heads out towards the car. All right. Roll your 1d10. Four. Back to 58. All right. Uh, and, uh, yeah. What's, uh, Cuddy, what are you up to? You Like uh, I said, you can do your thing now or you can do it on the way or whatever you want to do That's kind of a combination. It, but... um, okay. So Cuddy, Cuddy comes from around the back of the building, uh, kind of a shovel over his shoulder. Uh, sees Slicer and Yaps, you know, kind of by the car, ready to go. Kind of just walks up, puts the shovel in the car. Said, "Yaps, I, um, I've got to stop. I need to make on the way." And just gets in the passenger side, and you know, we kind of roll out. And just outside of, of Prestonsburg and Allen, um, Cuddy directs Yaps to kind of, you know, pull off the, the road and find kind of follow this dirt road back into a uh, wooded area and about maybe, you know, 60, 70 yards back, uh, there's four or five tombstones. And uh, as they, you know, get closer, Yeps rolls to a stop. Cuddy gets out, gets a shovel, and walks to the middle grave and just starts digging. Takes maybe 10 or 15 minutes to uncover just a fairly, you know, a fairly large wooden crate uh, that he pops open. Um, then he walks back to the car, grabs the rifle that he procured from the last mission, puts it in the crate, pulls out a set of lockpick skill, lockpicking tools, um, and some jewelry that I had previously stashed um, from a previous job or mission uh, and then covers the crate back up and you know starts piling the dirt back on the crate 
shovel back over his shoulder and says, Thanks, Mom. And walks back to the hearse, puts the shovel in there. Yups, I'm ready to go. Alright. Roll your sanity. I got an eight. Nice. Nice. That's a mad good. Alright. So, you guys headed to Louisville? Yep. Yes, sir. Yaps driving. Cutting in the passenger seat. I guess Slicer now in the empty back seat of the hearse. Yep. Yeah, just kind of laying on the <laughs> Dracula style ground, I guess. Yes. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you guys head to Louisville. Um, you know, if, uh, if you're familiar with Kentucky geography, as I know you guys all are, um, you're traveling through the mountains for quite some time through eastern Kentucky. And as you travel westward and northward, the mountains slowly thin out to foothills and the the terrain gets a lot less rugged. Um, this is the 1920s, so it's not all developed uh, like it is now, but um, you start to see a few more towns, outposts, things of that sort um, as you get closer to um, the big hub of civilization, which is uh, the Ohio River, uh, which at this point in American history, when steamships are still traveling up and down the river, <coughs> uh, remains an extremely important artery along with the Mississippi River for the eastern United States, the movement of goods, the movement of people to and from uh, various places. Um, so you start to see a lot more people. And while we are on the way to Louisville to meet with Jackson, um, I'm just going to uh, read off some stuff about Jackson that you guys know. Um, at least the, the two, I believe uh, Yaps is friends with him. And didn't somebody else know him or know of him? I don't think uh, so. I can't recall. I think well, it was least, just Yaps. So at least Yaps knows. Um, Jackson Elias is an African-American man of medium height and build. He has a feisty and friendly air about him. As an orphan growing up in the Smoketown neighborhood of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, he learned to make his own way early in life. He has no living relatives and no permanent address, although you happen to know that right now he is uh, staying in a room at the historic Brown Hotel, which is still standing in Louisville, Kentucky to this day, and uh, is quite nearby to... Uh, the Smoketown neighborhood, which is a historically black neighborhood uh, in Louisville. Uh, you you like Jackson, you value his friendship. Uh, sometimes months and even years separate one meeting from the next, um, as uh, he is a writer who travels the world and has written on a number of esoteric subjects. His writings particularly characterize and analyze death cults. His best-known book is Sons of Death, exposing the modern-day thuggy cults in India. He speaks several languages fluently, is constantly traveling, social, uh, and is very popular um, in a way that he has managed to um, sort of ingratiate himself into parts of society where a black man would not have normally been welcome in the 1920s. Um, he is also a writer for the Courier-Journal and other newspapers, freelance, um, he's very well known, very well written, has traveled through the Amazon Basin, India, um, Central America, studied the witch cults of England, and um, has also traveled through Africa and studied um, various religious organizations there. So you know him to be uh, not only very well traveled, very well written, but he is an expert in the type of weird stuff 
that you have encountered thus far in this trip. Um, and uh, he's also someone that you consider fairly unflappable because of the things he's seen in his life, which is why uh, I think Yaps, you would know immediately based on that phone call that um, something is seriously, seriously amiss for Jackson to be calling for help like that. So, mm-hmm. you are headed to Louisville. Uh, nothing of note happens on the way to Louisville. You, you make your passage in <coughs> the better part of a day. Like I said, the roads aren't built up. There's no highway. So it takes pretty much a whole day to reach Louisville. It's early evening. Um, there's still sunlight by the time you get there, but it's probably like 5 o'clock, 4.30, 5 o'clock, early evening. And uh, you arrive in Louisville. And Joe, if you want to throw up any of the pictures that I... Uh, put in the drive uh, or not if you're not ready to do that it's actually not very important Uh, you arrive in 1920s Louisville and Louisville is not quite as big as it was today but it was a big bustling city at the time as I said it was a a port on the Ohio River uh, which went down to the Mississippi and then down to the Gulf of Mexico or up to Chicago so um, it is a very noteworthy stop on the way um doesn't have any of the modern skyscrapers you would associate with Louisville. If you look to the eastern part of town, you can see smoke rising um, from the area known as Butchertown, which is still called Butchertown today. Uh, You can, if the wind blows westward towards the city, you can smell the singed hair of the pigs being slaughtered at the massive slaughterhouses in Butchertown. And if you're wondering what that smells like, you can buy an expensive apartment in Butchertown, even today, and smell that very same smell because the butchery is still there in Butchertown. Um, You also, uh, there is the Brown Hotel, is a giant historic hotel um, just south of downtown. And um, the main streets, you have Broadway, Market, Main Street, um, which have built up uh, like 1920s row houses. Uh, Some of that has been historically preserved in modern-day Louisville as the Whiskey Row Apartments. So you guys kind of arrive in town. It's a much smaller Louisville than it used to be. It ends right about where the Highlands would now begin. And uh, you're pretty much wherever you want to go. Yaps personally would like to get to the... um the hotel off the rip. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. As we're driving, do we see, I mean, as we're getting close to the hotel, you see any, uh, storefronts by any chance? Sure. Okay. I mean, you drive in on the main strip, you probably drive down main or Broadway or market. Um, there would be storefronts, there would be vendors. Um, there's probably an outdoor market with livestock, you know, whatever you happen to be looking for. Um, you would pass by that stuff. Slicer takes note of that. Okay. All right. But you guys are headed for the Brown Hotel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you head to the Brown Hotel. That was the uh, big cubular building you posted uh, briefly um, in the in the uh, on the Zoom, Joe. It's a it's a huge building. It's been there since. 
uh, you know what? It was just built. It's been there since 1923. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm very glad that I checked. Uh, it's been there for exactly one year, uh, approximately. It just got built. Um, it's the, it's the home of the hot brown sandwich. Um, it's, it's still there. Uh, various famous people will visit it, uh, over the course of its life, but it's brand new, big brick building right now. And it happens to be where, uh, you know, Jackson to be saying, so you tell me what you do. Uh, I feel like we need some tact. Uh, I assume in its first year, it's probably pretty popular and we don't, we don't look like the most presentable, uh, crew rolling in. I think that would be maybe an understatement. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I did just put on a fresh cloak. Um, we'll assume that Yap's tidied up a little bit. Um, before leaving, but I tell uh, I tell the other two to wait in the car, and I'm going to go see if I can get some information about what room they're in at the front desk, and then maybe we can use a side entrance to go straight up to the room rather than go through the lobby. So, so, uh, so, tell me what. So, what exactly are you going to what? Like, what action are you taking to do that? I, I was going to use fast talk at the like receptionist to see if I can get Jackson's room number. Um. To go up to his room. Sure, role play it. Uh, let's see. What could I? What can I? Um, I don't bring my shotgun or crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, let's, you might need it if you fail your fast time. That's uh. Let's go the first one. I'm. Um. I, I okay. So I go. Hey, lady, how you doing? I am meeting my friend Jackson Elias here. He's going to do an interview for me. I'm new in town, and I'm here to spend some money at your hotel and with him. I'm from, where, where are we from? Eastern Kentucky? Western Kentucky? How's that map work? Yeah, Eastern. I mean, you're you're lying right now, so you can be right. from wherever you, you want to be from. <laughs> I, I, I'm, try, I'm trying to sow seeds of truth. Sure, you're, 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 in, you're from Prestonburg. <laughs> uh, well, I don't want it the specific spot. I'll say Western Kentucky, whatever. From um, Emmett from Western Kentucky, and he's interviewing me about my our brand new bourbon that's going to hit the market that we're going to try and bring to Louisville. <laughs> All right, roll that skill check. Is it regular or hard or not? Yeah, uh, just regular. <laughs> you ever go up to a receptionist and give all that information? <laughs> 86, that which a is, is a regular pass. <laughs> okay. So she kind of leans over conspiratorially. And she says, well, I don't know how they do it in Eastern Kentucky, but alcohol is illegal, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but Western I, Kentucky. But, I, ha- and but she- I happen to know that uh, Mr. Elias liked to get into all sorts of dangerous pursuits. You know, actually, I haven't seen him in a couple weeks, but he's up in room 400. And you can head right on up if you want. I'll make- she, she gives you a little wink. <laughs> and bizarrely <laughs> saunters back uh, out to. I'm just gonna, uh, gonna gar- g- grab my interview stuff from the cop. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just saunters back out. And when he gets to the car, he's like, <laughs> "Not my best go, fellas." But he's in room 400. <laughs> um. Well, well. As soon as like, well, before this happens, as soon as Yaps left the car. Uh, Slicer looked around to see if there's any if there's a store like very close to the Brown Hotel. I'd like to see if they have um, 
lighters for sale. <laughs> um, Make a quick stop while Yeps is doing his business. Roll, roll a luck check. A luck check. That's a 72. I have to roll low, right? I failed. <laughs> okay. Nope. Nothing around. Mm. No such luck. Dag nabbit. So I'm just like walking back to the car as Yeps comes out. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, Yeps. Well, good good work, I guess. Uh, let's go get him. Go get him in D. Uh, and he, so, so what do you guys do? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I... Uh, I, I say, uh, meet me around the side of the building and I go back through this time. I just have the crowbar, but I kind of tack, tuck it into my pants. I don't know. I'm it's assuming a, the, I'm assuming crowbar. I, what it's a sawed off crowbar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm assuming the exterior doors are like locked in a fancy hotel. So the goal of being, I don't know. It's, it's the 1920s. It's the 20s. Yeah, they hadn't invented knowing that people did murders yet. Yeah, yes, man. Ask why we are sneaking around and not just taking the elevator. They got elevators. I think we established that there are elevators in the 1920s. Yeah, I think we should take the elevator. Why we sneak? Why we being all sneaky? Like you two look horrible. You're unpresentable trash. Got a fresh new coat as soon on. As, as soon as like, he says you, that, you smell he just like starts homicide. Nodding and starts up the car. <laughs> you smell like homicide. It starts starts slowly going around the corner. Whatever, man. Room four hundred. I'll see you there. <laughs> and he just <laughs> takes off because this is ridiculous. I look fine. He's like scratching blood stains off of his coat pocket, <laughs> but but walking inside. Whatever. I'll meet you up there. I'm taking the elevator. So what is everyone doing? <laughs> I, 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 I'm driving around the corner the to park the car, apparently. <laughs> okay. Cuddy, you successfully park the car. <laughs> yes. Well done. Boom. What do you do next? Uh, Slicer takes the elevator to uh, floor 400. Or four. I guess the fourth floor. Takes it to the 400th floor. <laughs> <laughs> Cuddy, Cuddy gets out, be, parks the car. Must be a Trump Tower thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cuddy parks the car and uh, gets out and just stands kind of by the side door, waiting for Yaps to come uh, open it for him. Okay, so you're headed for the side door. Yaps, you're still headed for the side door. Yep. Slicer, you get on the elevator, which is operated by an <laughs> elevator operator. So you don't, you don't you don't have to do anything to the elevator because there's a man standing right there who pushes the four button. You don't even have to make a roll. It's a beautiful working order. The mm. hotel just opened. So it takes Shame. you straight up to the fourth floor. Shame. Do you tip the Ooh. elevator driver? Uh, no. no. Okay. I'm not fancy. Well, I don't know how that works. From his pockets? The man he is disgusting. I, I have a, ju- I you have a, a coffee bean. I have $2,000. <laughs> no, I have $80. I, say, uh, I have 2000 in assets. Um, no, he like is holding out his hand, at, like asking for money. And I, I'm not like of the fancy sort. So I've got no idea what he's doing. So I just kind of place my hand on top of it <laughs> and like awkwardly shake it. And then, <clears throat> yeah, and, hey, good day. All right. And I step out and walk towards the uh, room. All right. We did, yeah, it. We did it. That's it. In the meantime. What are you guys doing? Climbing the fire escape? Well, I just let him in the door, and then we right. go up the steps. Okay. You, <laughs> guys are, steps. you guys are in a stairwell. You Cardio. walk up to the fourth floor, and boom, you did it. 
Everybody's up the stairs. Everybody's on the fourth floor. You're standing outside room 400. What do you do? Knock, knock, kick. <laughs> Actually? No. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock, pick. Knock, knock, kick. As, <laughs> as soon as Slicer Jackson. does that, uh, Yaps just rolls his eyes and pulls out the crowbar. <laughs> yeah, so no one answers when you knock, knock, kick. With a with a shove out of Slicer, which obviously Yaps is a little, little perturbed with, he kind of like a little, and then just kicks at the the door handle and fires this thing open. Okay. Give me a strength check. Uh, what nice. level of difficulty? Regular. And in fact, roll with advantage. Okay. 73. So that's a pass. So I keep the three right and roll 10. 23. So uh, a regular pass and a medium pass. Okay. You mean a hard pass? Yes. Hard pass. I will never cool. remember what that's called. Ever. For the record. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, so you easily, I mean, this is a, it's a new hotel, but it's still just a wooden door and a crowbar, obviously, uh, pretty much no match. The door is no match for a crowbar. So it wasn't a crowbar. It was a like boot to the, to the handle to kick it open. So I still have my crowbar in my hand ready to go. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. Okay. Trying to make as much noise as possible. You're a very large man (laughs) and you fuck that door right up. You correctly kick right next to the door handle. That's the proper technique for kicking a door open, if anyone's wondering. Um, and it bursts straight open. I'm going straight in. So you take a, you, you step into the uh, main area of the hotel to find... The main area of the hotel? I'm sorry. I, the main I was area kicking into a room. room, not like a ball the room hotel, on the first the hotel, floor. <laughs> the hotel room. The hotel room. And you find, to your great horror and dismay, four men standing um, in the living space of this suite. One of them is Jackson Elias, your friend. Uh, And you see immediately that he is uh, bleeding profusely from a knife wound to his chest, which was dealt to him by the man standing right in front of him who was withdrawing a long wavy dagger from Jackson's chest and he turns to look at you as do his two other uh, compatriots who also draw long wavy daggers from the inside of their robes which are black but tinged on every Uh, Not tinged, but with every um, hem and connection between the fabrics uh, are uh, strips of a sickly, bright, golden yellow. Um, Jackson falls over. What do you do next? Hello, everybody. This is Joe, your Slicer. Thank you for tuning in to episode nine of You Meet in a Tavern Presents Noir, our Call of Cthulhu campaign. Hope you're enjoying it. Nine episodes in, um, and it's been a blast so far. So we want to thank uh, all of you for listening, so sticking stick with us. And we want to thank especially our Patreon subscribers at uh, www.patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. 
especially those that pledge $10 or more a month, our Cthulhu patrons. They are Andre K. Cheyenne Winchester, Darth Nate, Rockernars Woodshop, Strive for Honor, Ursula Bertea, 8-Bit Wizard, Black Dragon, Brandon Salonelf, 0242 Jordan, Christopher Huey, Chubbles, Colin Kramer, Craig Spaulding, Dylan Big Horse, It's the Real, John Dwyer, John Tugas, Caitlin Harvey, Kieran Drapio, Long Live Durf, Mindylicious, Monkey Lovin' Gamer, Raver E. Alice, Riley, Sam J. O. Melton, Spuds McGee, Super Average Jason, The Stone Druid, Tony A. Coldo 7, Zen Zeba, and Holly Roxana. Thank you all so much for your donations to the show. Um, something new we added uh, last episode was some of the music tracks from the show. Um, specific named music tracks have been added on Patreon for those uh, high tier subscribers. So I think we're going to continue doing that forward. Um, look for those from episode nine uh, pretty shortly after this episode airs. So and then we'll keep doing that moving forward. So um, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for your patronage and enjoy the rest of episode nine. And we'll see you for the next one. All right. Peace out. Um, I would, okay, given all that, I feel like Yaps is already in a shitty mood about the lighter. He's obviously pissed because <laughs> Jackson is his friend and the person that has known him the longest. Um, and seeing this scene kind of zipping back to the craziness, um, that we just came from, um, I kind of feel like Yaps would be just like when he walked back into the funeral home was like ready, ready for a go. Like he is fucking ready. And he just, just another like guttural grunt. And he just starts stomping forward, getting ready to just go to work into these, uh, these three individuals. All right. So I yep. guess that slicer kind of turns the corner as Yaps is charging through and, uh, just like wide o- eyes open he sees death, um, and he, uh, yeah, he pulls out his hatchet, and he's like, "Oh fuck, here we go again." All right, so like we are Cuddy, I guess is the last through the door. I so uh, I just want everybody to kind of the 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 feel that I'm going for in this particular moment is: Does anybody remember from the movie Lawless? When Howard wakes up and he's been on like a bender for three days and he starts stomping through the house and like kicks through the door. <laughs> that is. I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't? Has anybody seen Lawless? No, I haven't seen oh it. Oh my either. God. Nope. Okay. First off, pretty <laughs> solid flick. Second off, for those of you that are listening at home, picture that. Is it? Cause it's literally like Ed Hardy with like his little, he kind of has like that little voice. And he goes, Oh, that's Howard. And he just, you just hear like, and he's like kind of bull in a china shop through the house and he like kicks through the door and he's just an absolute mutant that's the energy i'm going for here because he's been on like a four-day bender <laughs> on moonshine he's just mutant all energy. messed up um so here we go that's the energy i'm going for i am ready to mess up these nerds in their dresses let's go <laughs> they're gussied up skirts we're we're getting after it all right knock the demons cutty, out of your body cutty you're the last through or are yeah. you the last through yeah, what do I'm you do the last through I all right. It's been ruined. I can't. I can't. Can't. can't I'll save my line for later. Oh, <laughs> had to hear. I had to hear, had to hear all about yaps and his emotional damage or whatever. It's fine. <laughs> emotional right, so damage. Have emotional you guys seen my- damage. <laughs> God, that is a hilarious <laughs> clip. Uh, um. All right. So. Um. 
Initiative goes by dex order. Uh, there er, and since nobody has a gun drawn, nobody gets the drawn gun uh, dex bump of fifty points. So it goes straight by dex order. Uh, the cultists have eighty, sixty-five, cool. and fifty. Uh, I have fifty-five. Eighty. I have sixty. I have fifty. Okay. So, so wait. So nobody, nobody beats eighty, and nobody beats sixty-five, right? No. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, not cool, dude. Right. Not cool. Not cool. Cool for, for me. Not at all cool. Um. All right. So. Uh, the cultist closest to the back of the room, uh, who is the fastest of this group, bolts right away and heads down the fire escape. He's quick. Uh, and he is out of the room before anyone can react. You notice that the door was already open, so he's able to just full eye out the door and down the steps. Um, you assume maybe that's how they got in. Uh, next cultist doesn't quite run. He's brandish. He sees Yaps, uh, who's a hulking man, menacingly, uh, charging into this room. And he starts to back up towards the exit himself. Uh, and, but he is brandishing his dagger defensively. Um, he doesn't, uh, charge forward and strike. Um, the guy, well, I think that's, Hang on, somebody has 55, right? I do. Uh, yeah, so the guy... Actually, Slicer has 60, right? Mm-hmm. I have 60, yeah. Okay, so so yeah, um, the guy holding Jackson is the last to move, and so you guys are up. Um, in any order, since we're kind of... No, I mean, in, in initiative order. So Sli- okay. Slicer, right. then Yaps. So Slicer uh, steps up. He didn't know Jackson as, as well, obviously, but... Um, Clearly, these guys are against us. So he's, but he's not. He's not as uh, mutant-like as uh, Yaps is. So he's gonna step kind of next to Yaps, brandishing his axe, and he's gonna say, "Y'all has some explaining to do, real quick." They do not explain their <laughs> actions. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, Surprising. I thought they would for sure. After after that. I mean, I'm shocked. Closed lips, huh? All right, then. Let me open those lips up for you. And I just swing my axe at the face of the guy who just stabbed Jackson Elias. All right. Um, let's give a... Hold on. Why do these guys not have a damn... Uh, let's see. They don't have a fucking uh, stat. Well, go ahead and roll your brawl. And I'll roll something. You know what? So the, the first guy left. Like, he's gone. Out the exit? I mean, he ran. He, okay. you know, as far he's as you know, away. he's just okay. outside. Yeah, I'll just slash at the first guy. Uh, that's a 41, which is a regular pass. Um, so I need to roll 1d8 plus 2 plus my damage. So he, will, plus he will try to fight back mm. and fail. Nice. So he takes a swing at you with the dagger. That is... Uh, 10 damage. I rolled the 8. Damn. You really you really wing him. You don't take him down, but you hit him pretty good. Um, say, you tell me how you do it. Uh, yeah, I just kind of lift it up in one hand, and I slash just like I said I would, just across his 
jawline cheek to cheek maybe open up like a joker style uh cut on either side of his lips and now his mouth is open to do some talking okay all right so you fuck him up pretty good yaps um looking at the uh the other um cultist here is just gonna be kind of with the the rounded edge of the crowbar just kind of a downward uh kind of axe strike through the through the crown of the forehead is is what yaps is gonna attempt here of and you said of the guy of the other guy correct okay because there's one that hasn't acted yet correct yeah Yeah, Yeah, through yeah, yeah. yeah to that one uh so um 26 which is a hard pass um, so he rolls an extreme pass Brutal. on his dodge. And so he, uh, he manages to dodge to the left, uh, your left, his right, closer to his friend who just got lit up by Slicer. Okay. Um, so they're kind of standing quite close to each other and you're kind of, they're sandwiched between the two of you. Um, and the, the door is on the other side of you. Uh, the door to the fire escape, that is. So um, I am going to let the cultist go next, and then it'll be Cuddy, um, the one who got kind of gutted by Slicer. He staggers back from that hit. Um, you, his blood is trailing down his face and onto the wall, and then he... Um, he reaches into the folds of his robe and flings forward into Slicer's face. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, my cat just did something really stupid right there. <laughs> he flings forward into Slicer's face uh, a yellow powder, um, which um, it, it gets into your nostrils and it causes you to stagger backwards disoriented um you can't you're not in any obvious pain or immediate uh emergency distress but it it is almost like pepper spray or tear gas you you cannot help but stagger backwards away from it coughing um and then he makes a a bolt for the door he manages to slide by yaps and he's at the entrance to the um fire escape so cutty so there's only the one that's kind of left in the room correct there's there's one guy kind of in the middle of the room right and then there's one guy who's at the doorway so the one that's kind of in the middle of the room is how close is he to jackson pretty close he was standing right next to the guy who stabbed him so he's probably within like five feet of the person um in all, I kind of like the commotion and knowing that Slicer and Yaps are kind of more on the offensive. I'm going to try and make my way to Jackson. Okay. And try and uh, grab like some of the bedding or whatever and try and staunch his wound. Okay. Um, give me a. Uh, so let's use first aid. Yeah, give me a first aid check. Doctor didn't think to do that. <laughs> You're not a you're not a paladin at heart. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I had uh, to slice something open first. I got a thirty-six. So I got a, a normal pass. Okay. So um, he's in bad shape. 
you you don't even have to be a doctor to see that he got he got really messed up by this stab wound. Um, however, he is still at this moment uh, clinging to consciousness. And as you compress the wound in his chest, uh, he grabs your hand and he makes eye contact with you, and you can see that he is still uh, fighting for what it's worth, at least for this moment. Nice. Uh, so we are circling back around to the cultists. Um, the the first guy on the fire escape, you can actually hear that clomp, 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 clomp. Um, he's still running down. Um, the second guy, who is not the one that uh, Slicer cut with his hatchet, uh, who's the one who's still in the middle of the room, he, um, you know, yaps, you're standing between him and the door. He, he sticks his dagger out straight in front of him and charges at you. Um, okay, so uh, I have the option to either brawl uh, or dodge, correct? Correct, and if you fight back, a tie goes to the attacker, and if you dodge, a tie goes to you, the defender. I, th- I feel like to go to stay on theme, I think it's probably more intelligent to dodge, but since Yaps is on one, I think in character, I'm more of a, I mean, I'm in a fighting mood, so we'll go with that. That is an eight. So extreme pass. Damn. Damn. Okay. Nice. So what are you doing to him? Um, so like he's like charging forward with the knife. Um, yeah, he's trying to like stab you in the midsection. So because Yaps is hulking, right? And he's, he's just all, you know, he's got tons of adrenaline. He literally just snatches the person's wrist and like holds them in place as the knife is like an inch from their gut and just starts wailing on him with his right hand with the crowbar in the face just going just ape shit okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna retcon that a little bit but in the main so okay he charges at you you grab his wrist he actually kind of rolls past you and drops the knife you are able to hit him a few times. You don't quite catch him in the head. Okay. But you do hit him about the, like, top of his shoulders, and you distinctly hear um, what you know. You know, you you were at the war. You, you kind of have seen some shit, so to speak. Um, you distinctly hear um, his collarbone crack. Beautiful. Um, so you really hit him pretty hard in the shoulder and injure him pretty badly. However... Um, he does manage to spin past you. Uh, you don't keep a grip on him. Okay. And he sort of staggers into the other injured cultist uh, who's standing in the doorway. And the two of them kind of fall together uh, out the fire escape. And they're kind of collecting themselves on the stairs of the fire escape now. They're out of the room. Excellent. Nice. Uh, so it's just uh, Cuddy can act, right? Am I messing up the order? No, I think it's back to me. No, or oh, the yeah. first cultist. We, we actually skip. Oh, that was the cultist turn. So, yes. Yeah. Now it is Joe and me. Cutties. Or Slicer's turn. Yeah. Slicer's, Slicer and the Slicer's turn. All right. So, Yaps is in front of me all the way to the door. And uh, he's kind of blocking the door if I want to run after him. So, I feel I feel kind of Cuddy come up behind me, hear Jackson cough and kind of gasp. And I look behind me and I'm like, oh, shit. Uh, so I turn around and I'm gonna help uh, Cuddy. I'm kind of like a gruff, 
doctor, so I'm like, God, God damn it, give me that. Uh, uh, did, you're not doing it right. And I'll, I will try to uh, help um, help Jackson a little bit more while Cuddy offers the emotional support <laughs> being mean, a priest. At least, okay, I'll to give support. <laughs> uh, ro- roll up uh, whatever medicine, uh, first aid, whatever the first case aid, may be. First aid, first aid. Yeah, 85. So. Uh, 59. That's a regular pass. So... Um, Cuddy, Cuddy has been able to uh, at least offer Jackson some 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 comfort, kind of stop the bleeding a little bit for a time. You as a doctor walk up and um, you know that Jackson's got like a few minutes. Um, this is this is a wound that is really beyond medical science of the 1920s. Um, mm-hmm. So you realize immediately that it's all you can do to try to keep him talking for a minute or two before he is, in your opinion, going to inevitably succumb to his wounds. You are able to do that for, like I said, a minute or two if you want to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to look him in the eyes. I'm not, uh, I, 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 on an emotional support level, I have very zero skill in this. So I'm just going to be like, Jackson, look at me in the eyes, eyes on me, eyes on me. Look, uh, it's not looking good. Uh, <laughs> we're going to need some assistance in this situation. He kind of looks down and he's people? like, eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I might be able to help you, but you're going to have to help us too. Who are these people and why did they do this? So he reaches up. He's been clutching, uh, clutching um, Cuddy's hands to his chest and he releases one of his hands. He reaches up and he grabs your like lapel of your coat and he pulls you down close to him and he says tell tell yaps and he's he's kind of whispering so yaps you don't you don't hear this in this moment um uh, i imagine yaps in his kind of blood rage is probably over next to the door where those guys are falling down or whatever Mm -hmm. it's the it's the carlisle expedition carlisle cole it's Big Chuck. Big Chuck is with him. You have to find Carlisle. Big Chuck. And then what? he he lets go. Big Chuck. What the what the fuck? And then he, he lets he lets go and he, he falls back and as far as you guys can tell, um, he's unconscious, presumably dead. Damn. Alright. Yes. Um I ain't- So you kinda hear a bustle, you see Slicer go back. You hear kind of their, you know, hushed voices talking over there. You don't know what was said, so you can do whatever you want with that information. Um, I, th- I think uh, Yaps is still still on the on the hunt here. Um, I'm just trying to think what. Um, while he's thinking, I have a clarifying question: the body at the very beginning of the campaign that came into a funeral home, that was Brian's character. Not Big Chuck? Big Chuck what? did not come into the funeral home. Yeah. Right. You okay. guys got, I believe we you got three bodies. Well, it definitely wasn't uh, Bobby Nichols. Oh, that's he right. Was because he was blown to smithereens. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think you guys got the foreman and Brian's character. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, you know, Yaps is, uh, I can't decide if I want to try to shove both cultists over the fire escape. <laughs> 
or like tussle with one and like kind of take them hostage. Um, <laughs> I feel like Yaps in his rage would just go for the the stomp through and <laughs> just try kill. and lift them both over the edge of the fire escape and yeet them into the street, you know, from four stories up. So you're trying to like charge down the stairs and like tackle them over the edge of the fire escape. Yeah, I thought they kind of like went through the door and like kind of ate shit because they bumped into each other and then we're trying to like get back up. So they're still kind of like right past the door. They kind of they've kind of been they're sort of in constant movement downward. Uh, and so they're kind of in like the bottom quarter of the first set of stairs. Like if you, you know, the stairs would switch back between floors. They're at like the first half of the stairs of the first way down. Uh, if that's the case, then um, I think Yaps would just try and grab one so they can't both escape. Okay. So they are, they've managed to regain their footing, uh, albeit the one that you hit is pretty clearly injured. Um, because you're kind of charging down at them and they already have a little bit of a head start on you, uh, roll a, um, I guess it'll be Brawl with uh, one disadvantage dice. Okay. okay, so the first one is a 50. Second one is a 60. So both of those are regular passes. Regular passes. Okay, so they are going to help each other. So I'm going to give them an advantage roll as well. So that is... Well, I rolled the same thing twice. That's a 15. So that is a better success than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, so they man- you, you, you reach down to grab them and they manage to just sort of duck out of your reach and you hit the edge of the railing chest first and sort of double over the railing a little bit from the momentum of, you know, charging down at them. Uh, but you grab air. You don't catch either one of them. Okay. Um, they are now helping each other in concert. So each time one of them is doing something, the other one is kind of hobbling them along. They're each helping each other. And so on the uh, the... the slower cultist turn the one who killed jackson the one who's injured um he he drags the the guy and they both uh get down another couple flights of stairs and now they have a pretty heavy lead on you as they run down the stairs and as you are doubled over the edge of the uh railing you see that the first guy who ran out of the room uh is at a car down by where Cuddy is parked. Um, do, do like do I need, can I do like a quick spot or something like that to to see if I can get some crucial details about the car, perhaps like a license plate or like a license plate state if that's relevant or at least like a model making model color. Yes, but what kind of cars did they have in the 1920s? Tesla's, I think. <laughs> yes. Just snap a pic with your phone. Well, everybody knows the T and Model T is short for Tesla. Joe's correct. Model Tesla, yeah. Tesla tank. Tesla truck. Um, Cyber truck. Yeah, so you look down. It is a... Uh, it's an all-black car. Um, that sounds pretty common. It's not. Uh, Underglow. What you recognize <laughs> it as? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's got it's got undercar undercarriage LEDs uh, and a giant <laughs> spoiler off the back of it. Um, it's a it's a 1999 Honda Civic. Um, <laughs> no, uh, 
what you notice and you know you're you you're a little bit you you know a thing or two about cars um you uh you know you keep up the the hearse and whatnot uh, you immediately see on the front of the car a um what what is that i don't even know what that thing is called uh, of car uh, headlights. In, no, 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 no. Grill engine. It's, it's, it's a fender. Uh, it's oh, it's called the spirit of ecstasy. Okay. <laughs> what? what are you googling over there? The I'm not going to Google that. Yeah, spirit. <laughs> yeah, spirit of ecstasy is the name of the um, traditional bonnet ornament on Rolls Royce cars. Mm. And you recognize ah, this yes. to be a black Rolls Royce Phantom. Damn. Uh, which sets it out as an unusually fancy car for the era. Um, it's immediately kind of incongruent with what you would have thought about the kind of guys who'd be like thugs doing a murder. Um, this is a rich person car. Okay. Um, it's like a mafia vehicle. Awesome. So I guess that ends my turn, so... Yep. All right. Uh, so, actually, yeah, and it ends the next cultist turn. Uh, we go wrap back around to the fast cultist. He's waiting at the car. He's ready to go. Uh, next is going to be the next fastest cultist. Uh, they keep charging down the stairs. Um, yaps, I'll let you decide what to do. I- I'm going to say we're right. going to cut straight, straight to you. Well, that's right. That's right. Cutty, well, well, we can cut back and forth. Uh, we're basically going to be deciding. Yaps is the only one who's close enough to feasibly even try to chase them. Uh, right. That's going to be up to him. Cuddy, you're back in the room. What are you up to? Um, so I see this. Uh, see like him reach up and kind of finish talking to Slicer and kind of fall limp. Uh, just immediately start yelling towards the open door. Yaps, Yaps, get in here. Jackson's dead. We need to make a decision right now. And just wait and see what Yaps does. I guess. Uh, okay, so Yaps kind of like like is angry, um, kind of angry that he missed his chance, you know, to to really uh, release his rage, um, and and hears um, Cuddy, so he stomps back into the room and looks at Jackson, and he says, uh, um, "Look through his journals, look through his stuff. Let's see what we can find. We need to get out of here." And he- I couldn't agree more. Let's grab what we can. Uh, <clears throat> Slicer kind of lays Jackson's head back down, <clears throat> and he stands up, and he, like, takes his glasses down, and he rubs his nose. He says, Jackson said, uh, yeps, he said there was uh, the Carlisle Mining Coal Carlisle Coal Mining. Guild. Yeah, that one. That so was Big one. Chuck was working Forgot- when he died. Nope. He said they got him. I don't know, dead or alive. He's with them. That's what Jackson says. Doesn't make no sense to me. I thought he died back with those uh, other folks they brought in, but he says he's with them. I don't know what that means, but we have a long car ride. I don't think you you guys you guys don't know that Big Chuck. I, I mean, you guys, the human beings, don't know that Big Chuck whether Big Chuck is really dead or not. But you guys, the characters, don't know that. Big that's Chuck the died. well. That's the assumption think. that. Uh, that's the assumption that, that Yaps has made. Yeah, Yaps said something. Yeah, you know that he went on this shadowy project, and you haven't mm-hmm. heard from him in a long time. Yeah, like, that. that's why, like, Yaps is assuming uh, that he's dead. Okay. You just heard, 
Okay. <clears throat> you heard stuff went down and you knew he was there. Yeah, that's where Chucky right. or something like that um, yeah, Chucky is, yeah. so right. Slice of Yaps let's get all our stuff that we want to get and get out of here before the cops show up and then we can make uh, our next decision from there Slicer we're taking let's the fucking stairs the <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> well, that was a nice man in the elevator he shook my hand and everything um, do we find anything like notes or anything that might be relevant well, I want to. I guess because um, if he's a journalist, he's obviously taking notes and research, right? That's an assumption. Yeah. I think that's pretty so, fair. So, well, I'll, so the immediate. So there's a few things you immediately notice. The first cultist who uh, Slicer annihilated uh, dropped his knife. Or no, I'm sorry. The second mm-hmm. cultist when he charged, mm-hmm. it, yeah, mm-hmm. dropped his knife. That dagger, which has a kind of weird ceremonial wavy shape to it is on the floor right at your feet, Yaps, as you walk back in. Yeah. Um, the Jackson's hotel room, you're absolutely right. It's full of notes. It has, like, the um, the Charlie Day <laughs> meme where he's standing in front of the, like... Pepe Sylvia. The, yeah, Pepe <laughs> Sylvia yarn going back and forth. There, There is some kind of project he's been working on all over one of the walls. There's like a giant map of Kentucky. There's a map of America. There's pins in it. There are lines going between the pins. There's newspaper clippings all over the place. It's a it is a treasure trove of potential information. Um. Uh. Somebody. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Uh, obviously, uh, Yaps will grab the the cultist knife and maybe wrap that up in like a. Um, a pillowcase or something, right? Just like wrap it up in a pillowcase. Um, and, hmm. uh, maybe snatching up uh, a bag that maybe Elias had in the room already and is just like with a big arm, just like pushing, like not grabbing anything off the wall, the pins or anything yet, but just like swiping all of the articles kind of into this duffel bag to just like hurriedly get grab as much stuff as possible. That's what, yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, so when you pick up the knife, you notice as you pick it up, it's like a it's like a very pretty knife. It's gold. Uh, the the blade is very sharp, razor sharp, well constructed. The handle and hilt is uh, gold, very ornate, fancy, clearly made with some craftsmanship. And seated in the middle of the hilt, there is. Um, what looks like maybe obsidian or jet, some very deep black mineral in a circular emblem. And set in the middle of that emblem, there's a bright yellow symbol, which Joe, you have a picture of, is called the yellow sign. I do. Okay, and that's in the middle of that that's in the middle of the strange black gemmed hilt of the dagger. Uh, it's yellow and it emanates a strange glow, which almost draws you to stare at it. Um, so you you had been moving with momentum. You had that plan. Like you said, you're going to wrap it up. You're going to start shoveling stuff into a bag or whatever. But you find yourself kind of staring at this sign 
uh, you actually take um, two sanity damage as staring at it almost uh, frays at the edge of your mind like you are feeling a disorientation um, and you can't tear your eyes away from this symbol. And as you are standing there with the knife in your hand from the fire escape and the front entrance to the room uh, about say eight to ten Louisville Metro police charge into the room guns drawn what? and they say alright boys how about everybody drops what they're holding and puts their hands in the air fast talk time <laughs> <laughs>